Hello there, and welcome back to Friendly Ties. Today, we are going to be talking about Nucleum. Guys, yeah. Nucleum. Yeah. So here we are. We're going to talk about this wonderfully heavy-ish new Euro release. The problem with me introducing this episode is that I there is so much going on in this game and I cannot seem to capture it succinctly. Someone asked me to describe it the other day and it took me like 10 minutes. So uh, (laughs) one of you, (coughs) oh, and I'm a little bit sick. So one of you needs to kind of give our listeners the overview of the game. All right. I'm going to pick up that ball. Actually, I'm going to start this off with a, a disclaimer. I, as Jonathan Cox made a sponsored video for this one. So I'm going to be giving lots of opinions in this episode, but just know I was paid by the people who made this game to make a video, but I was not paid to make this. So with that out of the way, I've really enjoyed this game, and it is, I guess, about a alternate history Europe in the 1800s where nuclear reactors were developed, you know, 100 years earlier or whatever. And realistically, this is a game about constructing buildings, uh, connecting power plants, making mines for uranium, shooting energy all over the place, just powering up a grid, essentially. And it's uh, the backbone of the game is action selection with a hand-building type thing with little dominoes and a uh, hundred other things. But that's <laughs> like the general idea is, um, is you know, activating these options you have in your hand. And, and I guess one of the core uh, mechanical things is when you put a domino down, you can either use it in the future or you could permanently lose it as track. That's like the first thing that really jumped out to me. Yeah. The designers, I I think, said that it was sort of a marriage between brass and barrage, or at least those were like a, a big part of their influence in the design of the game. And you can certainly see that lineage there. It looks like a network game, but actually in a lot of ways, I think it's more of like a heavy Euro with the the domino tiles and the the actions that they're doing on them and like managing essentially your like cycle of taking those actions, collecting them back up because it's got the, the like the Concordia thing, right? Yeah. The, the yep. Tribune as Anastasia yep. calls it. Um, I always call it that you... forever. Yeah. Any game <laughs> where, where you pull your tiles up, yeah. back, unless I'm saying Stodfest and then, you know, there's that. Right, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Points if you know what game I'm talking about in the comments. So I, we, we've played this a decent chunk of times in a short period of time. It's yeah. not a short game it really no. we, play, no. we played the, we played the first round of it and john was like yeah i think it'll get better when we like know the rules a little bit and then anastasia and i jammed a bunch of two-player games and we came back and we played another three-player game and it did not get shorter once we it all understood not. the rules no. yeah. if anything it got, it got longer, longer. <laughs> so for context uh, i played it three players all the way through twice and they, both those games were about three hours um and yeah the first time I played it with Nick and Anastasia. I taught it to them, uh, which took, I'll be honest, about an hour. I I probably could have done it quicker, but there's a lot going on in this game. Uh, And then we proceeded to play it for about two plus hours, and we just ran out of time. It was just, we're like, we're going to get back to this. We never did. We ended up playing the game a bunch more times, but uh, we never actually finished that first play because it went so long. And uh, that is definitely something to consider. Uh, The two-player game Anastasia and I just played last night came in at right around two hours, but that was like your fifth game, right, Anastasia? So it's like, we're we're not not seeing much of a decrease in play time now. No, and when, you know, when you were talking, Nick was saying we jammed a couple two-player games. I think we played like three in a row over like the course of a week. And one of them, I know, we we had to like split up multiple times because we kept kind of running out of time. And by the third one, I was like, well, this is going to definitely be 90. No, it, it was the <laughs> longest of all of them. So yeah. I just, this is not a game I think that gets shorter, maybe with, a, you know, a ton of time, but there is so much to think about in this game. And that, that is such a big piece of it. Um, but before we kind of dive into all of that, I want to go back to something real quick. So we talked about the designers of this game. It's um, David Turchi and Simon Luciano and both of those known for a variety of games, um, one of which I think it's important that I know is Grand Austria Hotel. Hey, less than 10 <laughs> minutes and we have the first Grand Austria Hotel reference. <laughs> and I just want to get that reference out of the way here um, because there's almost nothing that this game reminds me of for Grand Austria Hotel. So I really had to just like hedge that in there. 
except for except for how innovative it felt to me after my first play. And that really is the only lineage that that I see from those games, but it is something that I took away after that that first half a game. I was like, "Oh, there's a lot of these really cool interesting mechanics that feel both very familiar but also done very differently, combined differently here." in a way for me that was just like really exciting and really addictive. And I was just like, oh, this is really cool. I want to keep playing this. You know, it's very rare for me to read a rule book because I have John in my life. <laughs> and I was like, I want to go read the rules just because I don't have an ch- opportunity to play tonight. And I want to, I just want to feel that the game around me. So, uh, so it is definitely one of those games. that's just interesting, unique. You want to explore it. And you want to get deeper into it. And I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about why. It was like a brain worm for you. It was. Yeah, it, it really was. worked its it, like, way in It invaded there. my space. And thankfully, Nick <laughs> helped me work that out <laughs> a number of times. Well, it was, it was a two-way street, right? Because I, my favorite part about this game is, is the exploration of it. Understanding how the different systems worked. I was like, okay, cool. Like, let's, let's peel on this. Like, let's see how this can work. The first game that we played that we didn't even finish... Anastasia and I were talking about it. I was like, I'm pretty sure if we ended the game right now, I would win. But if the game continued like it's supposed to, I would be very, very far behind. And I want to like tease out why that's the case, because it's not an engine building game. Like, in fact, the game does a really nice job. um, And this is something I respect about a lot of more modern designs of of challenging you to do something of value early on you do get a little bit better at things as you kind of like establish more turbines and uranium but for the most part like what you are doing is very similar from beginning to end um you might be able to do more of it later on but uh not there's not a a big scope change as the the course of the, the game goes on which means that even from the beginning what you're doing really matters in fact actually i would i would argue that what you're doing right at the beginning matters most because that's when the game is tightest yeah that makes sense i mean it's it's a a big map with a bunch of cities and possible rail connections between them and much like brass uh, which was mentioned earlier the very first time you put something on the board you can go anywhere the second time you put something on the board you are restricted by where you went the first time you put something on the board And, and that's not always the case there is a lot of intricacies to that part of the game, but yeah, within reason. I think there's a huge asterisk on that, right? Yes, Cause, yes. Cause but a rail like, anywhere but but at a high yeah. level, like that first decision, like on probably your first, second, or maybe third turn, really matters. Like, what part of the board am I going to be interacting with a lot in the early stages of this game? Yeah, but there is something really interesting that you said there, Nick, because at a very high level, that's a phrase that John loves to use. I do. Um, at a <laughs> <coughs> I can't laugh, guys. There's no laughter for the rest of this podcast. (laughs) No laughter. At a very high level, you've got a map that you're playing on. You are building things. What are like the five actions? We can just give people like a sense of like what you're kind of doing here, right? So you've got you've got like a build action. You've got what is that actually called? So you have you have urbanize, yeah. I read that rule book, but you know, (laughs) none of it stuck. (laughs) So the five central actions uh, is uh, urbanize which is putting down buildings that are not energized and you energize them by flipping and that gives you points in a variety of ways. Uh, there's urbanize, which lets you construct turbines and uranium mines, which help you energize the aforementioned buildings. There's develop... Urbanize... No, no, no. You said urbanize twice, dude. Urbanize is... <laughs> is... I did this wrong <laughs> in my video, buildings. too. <laughs> Industrialize building turbines and mines, which makes you better at the... Next action, which is energizing. Energizing, yes. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Which allows you to flip the buildings over. Okay, okay. Hold on. Let's just do it my way. Okay, you can build, like, building things, right? You can build mines and uh, turbines, which is a completely separate action, also known as industrialize. Then you can energize the buildings that you built. And in order to energize, you use the aforementioned mines and turbines, right? right? Yes. That's the kind of the primary loop. Yeah. Yes. And then the two other things hang out sort of by themselves. There's contracts. Yep. Right. And we basically take more the tiles. contracts. Yep. One nice thing is you can take contracts, put them down. They give you a little benefit when you put them down. So that's a little bit of a resource generation. And then, of course, you know, you complete those. And then, yeah, get new tiles. And then your action tiles, those are the dominoes that John was referring to earlier. They are double 
not double-sided, double-topped and bottom. They have yeah. a top and a bottom, two actions per tile, different colors on the top and bottom. And then the way that they work, and this is probably what the thing, when I was talking about innovative, the thing that was coolest to me, because I actually don't really, I'm always a little hesitant with games where you have like multi-use cards, multi-use tiles. There's games that do it super great, and there's games where it's just too much thinking for me. <laughs> yeah. And I actually think this does it, does it pretty well because it's, it's when and how you want to place them is interesting. So you can either place them at top at the top of your board or you use the tiles as rail links, which means you essentially get rid of them and never get them back. Yeah. And if you place the tiles at the top of your board, the colors don't matter. You get to do both actions and then you also get to complete contracts. And then that top of your board is also your income track. So you want to place tiles up there, but then you have this choice, right? You can play them out on the board. It's that's it. You don't get to use them anymore. They go away. But then the, that's where the colors do matter, and that and that, that's essentially every turn is uh, you know is play a tile on the map or in front of you, and then do those actions that we just listed out. Yeah, yeah. And the color matching on the map is is uh it's a, a moment of interaction too because other people can put yeah. their tracks next to your tracks, and if they color match the track that you put down already that's the moment you get to do the action, but then they also get to do an action, but maybe they put a clashing tile down so that neither of you get a bonus action. There's like potentially some interactions there. And now that we've described the entire game, I can't remember for the life of me what we were talking about before I interjected with that high level <laughs> overview. <laughs> well, that's okay. Cause I actually want to talk since we just brought it up about the action dominoes. It's my favorite part of the game. I don't know if it's an innovation or if it's, ta- I mean, I'll call it an innovation. Sure. It's, it's my favorite part of the game. I think that it's a, it's a very, clever way of doing actions in a game so it's you know like we said there's these kind of five core actions but these domino tiles they might have a mix and match of those five core actions those five core actions might have a discount or a perk associated with them or these domino tiles might have a little benefit on them a one-time resource bonus or an income boost which makes for roughly a gazillion different types of action domino tiles yeah and so while everybody's playing the same core actions your choices of what two actions or action and benefit um, that you get on your turn are different for every player different throughout the course of the game and when you're deciding to do that linking thing which is essential for creating networks and for teleporting to places where you want to be able to play things you are essentially sacrificing i will not be able to do this action again after my next tribune right after my next pickup because (laughs) i've lost this piece permanently and the push and pull between those decisions are is is very juicy it's easily my favorite part of the game i'm most impressed by the the very very wide decision space that is made with you know frankly two sides of a tile that are doing at at its core five different actions yeah And it also is the thing that leads to the absolute most element of AP in this game. (laughs) Uh, Of when to sacrifice your tiles? Yeah. When to sacrifice them, when to play them, where to play them, how to play them. Um, The colors obviously matter if you're playing on the map, if if you're playing them in front of you, are you going to have the right tile to play on the map? You know, like, it's just... Everything that Nick said is a hundred percent true. I couldn't agree more. I I I sign off on that and agree with it all day long. And you can spend a ridiculous amount of time sitting there trying to think that through. I mean, we played in one of our two player games, we had to like break it up. I don't remember why. And I like remember opening the game and I just like I stared at my tiles. This is the end, and I stared at my tiles for an hour, I swear, just like <laughs> working out which way I wanted to play them and if he could screw me up and how I would like play them out was the most fi- I mean, this game at its core, it's not an engine builder. It is a a, a efficiency, a maximizing efficiency. What's the like what what's the term for that? I don't totally, even know. Yeah, no, efficiency. It's, it's an efficiency system. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's also like and a so slow just, rolling combo game. Because like unlike yeah. a lot of modern Euros where you take a turn and you do this into this into this into this into this. That can happen very occasionally in this game. Usually it's more like this into that and then you're done. It's This is more like lots of little turns. Like I do this so that next turn I can yep. do that. So that next turn I can do this. So that next turn I can do that. Yep. 
don't get me wrong that hour was like one of the funnest hours i had like i was just like i was like loving it because there was nobody you know i didn't know pressure you're just like this yeah it was it was like i literally what i said i was like this is like doing a crossword puzzle like i'm just like sitting there i don't even like crossword puzzles but it's because this this is what i would rather do than a crossword puzzle like i was just like it was so much fun but it just shows you how much you can think. And that's actually one of the critiques I think all of us have about this game is that, you know, when you're playing with others, obviously you're not going to do that. But you you can get kind of caught up in how and when to play your tiles. And that that isn't necessarily, doesn't happen at the same time for everyone. So there's there can be a bit of this fits and starts where you know it's pretty easy for you. are like, mm, I'm going to do these couple of things I kind of see it but your opponent or opponents might be kind of like log jammed with kind of where they are and they're going to need some time to think and that can kind of create for a little bit of a lot of downtime in this in this game yeah uh Anastasia and I just played a two-player game last night Uh, there were definitely lots of moments where I felt that guilt creeping in again this is not a game about making humongous stacks of combos but occasionally the stars align, and it was like I was doing my turn. I'm like, oh, wait, I also do this. Oh, wait, I also do that. And then the last of those things involved taking a tile and putting it down onto the board as a track. <laughs> and I, I had not even been considering that. So suddenly I was like, oh, no, where am I actually going to put this? And, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it actually annoyed Anastasia, but I was feeling guilty about the, the, the probably several minutes that that one particular turn did take. And the whole time that was happening, Anastasia already had her, like, next six turns plotted out. So, so like, I finished, and then she went, and it was my turn, like, literally 15 seconds later. <laughs> <laughs> well, this game goes in lurches because, yeah. it, you know, a lot of things are little steps towards the big plan. To me, actually, the, the biggest source of, of AP in this game is that y- you're, you're tight on everything. You're tight on money. You're tight on workers. You're tight on energy. Uh, and you need to make sure that you build the thing to set up the resources, to then connect those resources, to then flip your tile over. And particularly in the early part of the game where you're a little bit poorer, you can't screw up a step or you don't get to do the thing. Yeah. And so you can flush this like game four turns down the drain. At, yeah. at, its, at its worst points, you are playing where you have already figured out what those steps are and you are just executing the process because... The process is is perfect. There is no other way for you to do it. And then the other players are at the stage of the game where they are trying to figure out what their next sequence of actions is, where they won't end up screwing up everything and not being able to execute what they want to do. So the game plays in lurches where it's like, you're going to have some turns where you're sitting there thinking for a while because I can't just build this right now because I got to decide where it goes, how much like am i building a building with a lot of energy requirements or low energy requirements like you can't just sort of play it by feel like you have to know what the follow-up is going to be to what you're doing but then when you figure that out your follow-up is like bam 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 yeah yeah and that's basically i mean you nick had kind of pointed out in our three-player game that he had been in a position at some point where you had a bunch of tiles and you kind of knew exactly what you were doing and nick i was in that position as john just described last night where i was like literally just organizing my tiles into the perfect like little sequence i was like and then i realized i was like oh this is six turns like john is still on one turn and this is literally six and he can take as long to think as he wants i'm not like that but it just it was that kind of realization and you know i want to kind of circle on to something you just said there nick which is i almost want to say like a warning like i want to i want like for those of you listening to this and you want to play this game i mean it is a great game this is like no spoilers for me like i really loved it my favorite game of the year and and yet i'm gonna also kind of put this kind of headline out there that this is a game where everybody really really needs to know what is going on you really need to know what is going on you really need to be aware of the little rules they're not a crazy amount of little rules but there are enough Mm -hmm. the tiles are small the values of the buildings are different. The you, you we haven't even talked about this, but you have your own board with its own technology tiles, and there are just you know there are a lot of intricacies, and you really need to understand that that the networks in this game, the rulebook doesn't do the best job of explaining how they work. They're rather confusing. It can be very easy to think you're connected when you're not connected, or you are connected for the purposes of energy, but you're not connected for the purposes of scoring. 
and all of these little elements that are at play because we had a moment in our three-player game where we got to the end of the game. We've been playing for about three and a half hours or three hours and changes at the end. And I'm trying to kind of just move things along. So I uh, do one of my technologies and I, I think it's a level two. I don't even think twice about it or, or whatever. I just think it doesn't matter which one I do because I just kind of want to get to the next person's turn. Well, what I, what I was doing was about to trigger an end game condition. John and Nick both paid very close attention to what I was doing and they were like, they planned their turns thinking that I couldn't trigger one of the end game conditions. Kind of like Scythe where, you know, it's like you have different, you know, there's a couple different ways you can end the game or beyond the sun where, and then if you do enough of them, you know, the game ends and you only get one more round. And I, you know, my whole plan hinged on me finishing those tiles and the guys, you know, didn't, I had done it wrong, right? And so we yeah. come back to my turn and I'm like, I'm going to do this. And they're like, you can't. And it's a really uncomfortable like table moment where I'm like, like one of us is going to be unhappy at the end of this three and a half hour game. Like one of us is going to tank our game, right? Like, and not necessarily, hopefully you can come to a chord. And, you know, I was hoping that was just, and, and we worked it out and it, and it was okay. Yeah. But it still happened. And then unfortunately last night, John and I had a very similar mm-hmm. experience that also worked itself out, but John had misread one of his tiles and he thought it was 10 energy and it was only eight and, and you know, they're really small and he planned his whole game around having exactly 28 stars, which matters where you land on the milestones track. And it's this whole thing. And then he's like, I built the wrong building. Right. And I'm like, yeah. well, I assumed it was a 10. It, and, and exactly. I just didn't look closely enough because the other ones are tens, and uh, yeah, and I asked you to change, and we did. But we yeah, did, but big asterisk. I scored off of his building types, which is a factor in this game. And I was like, well, then I wouldn't have built that. You know, it's just I don't. I'm I'm taking a little bit of time to explain this out because I want to kind of just put that out there for people that there's like a little bit of an awareness to say that like these feelings can happen. And if you're not like, if that is the kind of thing, like we are, we are very experienced gamers. We have played hundreds and hundreds, thousands of hours together. Like we are all very, very good friends and we can take it. But like, there's still those moments where you can walk away from the table and be like, I just played for three hours and like, Oh, that felt so like bad, you know, or whatever. And it's not even a dynamic amongst us. It's just a thing that can, that, that, that has a possibility here. And so I want to just kind of put that out there because I think that you got to kind of know that going in. You got to be aware that maybe it's going to take you a couple of plays. I've played it six times now and that still is there. And so I think it's just something that you're like, cool, be ready and willing to allow your first few games to kind of play out that way. Know that you need to keep things really tight and, and be very specific or also, or just play and be like, cool, it doesn't matter what happens, you know, however, but that is going to increase a lot of the AP for people because of that feeling. And yeah. so, yeah, I'll just add that, you know, we're, for those of you who are maybe first time listeners or something like that, we're a pretty retcon heavy group. We play a lot of yeah. new games. Yep. Um, you know, we've got a, a couple of folks in our group that are a little bit on the AP side. So in order to keep things moving along, we say, Hey, yeah, like we make a mistake, like let's roll it back. Right. Like we want to, we want to make it so that like, f- and also, you know, the last thing is like for having fun, right? Like yeah. if you are playing yeah. in a group of people and you say, no, 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 precision's really important to us. I think the takeaway from this conversation is like, be prepared for someone to play this game and be like, wow, I died. I died so badly. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and I couldn't do my thing. And this game, the victory point conditions, a lot of the victory point conditions are in um, steps. And like, what I mean by that is there can be a very big leap in what a certain victory point thing does. Mm-hmm. Uh based on like one condition and i'm talking like upwards of like 20 25 points in a you know 200 something point game mm-hmm. um could be because this you were you were one worker shy or something like yep. that because the, yep. the gap between executing exactly what you meant to and something just a little bit worse than that may may literally be a, a huge huge portion of the game yeah i mean it, it, that was my i think third full play but i also recorded like like i said a sponsored tutorial video so like hypothetically i should really know this game and i think i do know it pretty well but yeah we were near the end of that that game and i had misunderstood my network i thought various things were in, were going to be scoring and connecting and they weren't and i'm many games in and i think this is this kind of forks off of what we said before that this is a 
incremental combo building game over the course of many turns. And and yeah, you build that combo, that six turn combo, and then you get to the fifth or sixth turn and you realize, oh shoot, I did something slightly wrong in the third step. And like if you do all these steps in one turn, that's fine. But this game spreads them out and then yeah, like one person's unhappy. Either you're super unhappy with yourself because you just misread a card or did a math by wrong by one or also like in that three player game we just played um a couple nights ago nick ended it he he did the final like decision to trigger the end uh and he was going back and forth for like i don't know 60 seconds or so which is a long time in nick analysis time <laughs> uh, it is about when nick says there's ap heavy people in the group he is not referring to himself exactly you know yeah. that. <laughs> but you should have seen john and i smiling <laughs> while he was talking <laughs> that was coded for uh yeah yeah, yeah. That was very nicely said. I wasn't gonna snitch. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they know. But Nick was like, "Do I end it? Do, do I want two turns or three turns?" I just remember he was saying that two turns, three turns, two turns, and he decided I'm gonna go with three turns. And when the dust settled on this game, I, <laughs> I actually came third. I came last, but I was only a couple points behind Nick. But we realized he got like 20 points out of going that third turn. I got like almost 40 points by that extra turn. And it's like, oh wow! In retrospect. Probably should have done two turns instead of three, even though, I mean, I would have just lost by more. But just like from a that shelf uh, step perspective thing that you were saying, Nick, like my end score was about 200. And that one extra turn got me almost 40 points. That's <laughs> 20% of my score. Which I actually want to highlight on for a second, because when we say these scores can be like 40 points or 30 points or like all of it, like these differences. When we first played this game, we thought, oh, you know, the score differences. I think John's first play that he had and our first play, like, we were like, oh, there's Huge. these gaps. They're going to be really big. Yeah. Well, last like night, doubling you, scores. Know, yeah. you know, the three-player game that we had, like, the see, our last two-player game that I played with Nick, I think I lost by two points. The game we played, the three-player game, I think I won by two points. Mm-hmm. And last night, John and I tied. And it is yes. a friendly tie. It which was we, a friendly tie. <laughs> we loved. It was amazing. But <laughs> it was. But that just shows you, like, how a single point can matter. And so it's a weird thing. You know, that was actually a pretty low-scoring game. We were in the, only in the 180s but or 160s. Um, but it was... It's it, it still like it can feel like, oh, I can get these final turns. It seems like you're getting like 40 points or 30 points or these things. But they're actually they're not very clear on how they're coming. They're coming in these little three point, six point, two point th- here and here and here. So, it you know, we've spent a lot of time. Usually, you know, we'll finish a game. I'll be like, well, if I had done this different or I had done that different, you know, but this can be a hard game to unpack because of how kind of as Nick was saying, like little things affect little things here and there. And it all kind of spirals out. And. He's right that we we are a really big retconny group, and you know I was just highlighting the retcons that actually affected other people. I'm not even highlighting the individual ones that I think we took. We've taken a, yeah. you know dozens. Yeah, we've we've taken twice the like tiny yeah. ones. <laughs> yeah, right? like oh, I like, would have spent this worker instead of this coin. Yeah, let's talk about the the two and three player thing because yeah, again for for listeners of our podcast, you know that I'm not a two player player, and. Um, Anastasia and John generally But he does it be... all the time. Well, I do it all the time, but like it, it's, it's <laughs> almost always my preference. Games. Yeah, when we play two-player, I say, okay, well, I want to see what it feels like at four. We've played this two and three. We've not played at four. I have almost no interest in playing at four, and I prefer the game at two, which for me feels like a very significant statement to yeah, make about crazy, a Yeah, crazy, crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, one of the reasons why Anastasia and I played last night two-players, I mean, Partly because we were both really enjoying it, but also I had not played it two-player at all, and you two had done it a bunch. And so it's like, well, I want to be able to speak to this thing, because while we were playing that three-player game a couple days ago, you two kept saying, like, this is just not as good at three. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I want to see what that difference is. And the map is completely different. Like, one side of the board is a one-to-two-player game, the other side is a three-to-four-player game. So the map is is literally completely different on the two-player side. And uh, one thing that kind of jumped out to me as a, a comparison point is Underwater Cities, uh, which is a Euro game that I love, that is brilliant at two, very good at three, and I have never and will never play it at four. And I think that Nucleum is pretty darn similar. And just like uh, in, in, in a similar way, Underwater Cities has a two-player side of the board, and then you flip it over, and then there's like a three- and four-player side. And so I feel like you know, with these two heavy Euros, that the amount of enjoyment that you can get can be directly affixed to the downtime that you have because of just the number of people around the table that you have to wait for. I think I mean, hit yours is Underwater Cities and mine is Messina 1347, which is, uh, you know, was one of my favorite games from last year. And we had similar experiences with that where 
two player. It's just this like lovely game and fun and thinky and all of these things, just like this one. And then three player, it's just it is it is that downtime and it is the length, right? Like I I don't want to spend three and a half hours playing Nucleum. I mean, I yeah. could basically play two two player games in the time <laughs> I, I keep dreaming, but almost <laughs> um play two two player games in the same time that it that it takes to play that. And I think for everything that we've said, I also don't want to do that in a game where, you know, little mistakes can happen and I know I'm gonna AP and I don't want to take forever and I can you know I can feel that with the people around me. And but I think it's funny because I know this about Nick. I know he's not a big two player gamer and I know he tends to prefer these games at larger player counts. And so it's funny because when we played it two player, I remember, you know, we'd only played half a game at three player. And I was like, I was like so excited that the two player game, I was like almost like pitching it to him. I was like, Oh, look how interactive it is, Nick. And like, look how the, how the rails, I was like trying to like kind of point out all these elements that I felt like the two player game was like capturing from this idea that I had of the three player game. And then when we went and played it three player, I was like, yeah, it did do all of that. And I actually think it did all of that almost better. Like it was almost more interactive at two player. We we got in each other's way more. And at three player, you know, we, we kind of, at least in the game we played, you know, the, when we finished, we all three of us kind of stayed to separate parts of the map. And the things I thought would be slightly more interesting, the rail links and these elements, they just didn't quite materialize in the way that I expected to. Of course, we don't have a ton of data to go on. Right. But um, I think this really is going to be uh, a two-player game for me. Yeah. Let's talk about the interaction a little bit because I think that's a part of like why the two versus three and, you know, I, again, I think that the, like we've played it enough times to have a sense of it, but like we might be like not playing it the same as, you know, your at-home group meta and what folks are going to look like there. But um, I'll I'll say that the interaction in this game did not meet my expectations from looking at the board. And that's not to say that it's bad, not at all, um, but it did not meet what I thought was going to happen. So because it's like, I knew this was this like brass barrage thing, the board looks very brassy. Oh yeah. Um, but the game does not really interact in a brass like way. Brass like is like brass is like very, you know, overlapped uh, between the players and the resources and the networking and the linking and this game they said look we don't want people to do anything with each other's resources your resources are your resources anastasia can build her sandcastle and the the networking component is more about do you have do you have tickets to the vip club of you know this city over here that's what the networking is more for over pretty much anything else and the primary points of contention between the players then wind up being where our networks overlap for our mega buildings, how quickly we're ending the game, like in kind of a classic Euro style, the, you know, the race towards the end of the game, who's grabbing what contracts. There's a couple public contracts that we're all racing for. So I thought that the interaction in this game was going to be very network board based, but in fact, I find that the interaction in the game is more heavily on the Euro side. We're racing to like XYZ thing, XYZ condition or end game scoring or something like that. Um, and that's where the the push and pull between the players seems to be primarily seated. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, I think the other main element of interaction just is blocking, you know, like it, it, it's, it's sort of like negative networks, I guess. I don't know what the, the term would be for this, but it's like, instead of wanting to connect to each other and like take resources or even like utilize things in sort of like a friendly way, like, Oh, you kind of helped me here. It's a lot of like, like last night, like John just like cut me off from a city. And I was like, okay like you know so then i couldn't connect my things and and he kept saying which i actually believe but he was like you know i didn't even intend to do that but that was the that was the the result the el the result of it yeah. and i think that there's definitely going to be groups maybe even us that are going to play that especially at two players or even three players we're going to think a little bit like more aggressively for how you're controlling areas of the map or how you're preventing opponents from doing things with your rail lines but what i don't see a lot is that there's point income reward opportunity for being part of the two and three um 
you know, connection lines, if you will. And honestly, what I saw more than anything was like, that was just like a point benefit to the person that was doing it. It was like, cool, if you're going to put that much effort into connecting a longer link, you're getting points for that, or you're getting point income that you can potentially reap back from that. We didn't have as many opportunities as I expected to be like, oh, I want to join in on that with you. It's like, eh, that's not part of my plan. That's not really worth it. Unless I really need to be in that city, I'm just not going to go there. Yeah. I mean, I will say that there is certainly positive uh, interaction when it comes to energizing. And, and energizing is probably ultimately how you get like 75% of your points in this game, maybe, maybe more. Uh, there were at least two times last night where I put down a rail track and Anastasia said, oh, thank you so much. Uh, because <laughs> like true. one time she was like, oh, you just connected my my building to coal. So thanks. Yeah. Now I, now yeah. on her turn, yeah. she spent coal and, and did the thing. Uh, another time, you know, I was like, I'll just put my road down here. She's like, by the way, thanks for putting your road exactly there. Now I can send <laughs> my uranium across your road, which gave you energy, which lets you energize. And, and this game is all about energizing. So I think I want to talk a little bit specifically about milestones because that's kind of a central idea to this game. And I know it's one of the elements that's kind of like barrage uh, beyond the thematic connection, Barrage so is about. Has power. anybody actually played Barrage? Because I want to. I want to make sure I we have. highlight this brass Barrage connection. Okay, cool. <laughs> I played we Barrage once. Uh, okay, so you guys have played Barrage. Okay, yes, yes. we've all and, played Brass. Okay, yeah, and uh, every time you Tribune, as we said, every time you pull all your stuff back, <laughs> you do a reset turn. You put. It does have a name. It does. It does. Uh, recharging. You you put you cash out all of your. Uh, achievement and you get achievement by energizing buildings and a few other things but mostly by flipping buildings and you put your little star on a track but there are areas where you could only go once per game and so it's essentially off limits to you in the future and this track has randomized scoring tiles that are put there at the beginning of the game and depending on where your stars are on this track compared to the randomized tiles and how high you are up on the track you get multipliers so like for example last night the top one um, where I put my star down because I hit 28 because Anastasia let me retcon it gave me uh, six points for every pair of road tiles that I put on the board and I was trying to put road like crazy in that game when we played with Nick the three-player game none of the tiles had anything to do with roads at all so we had no incentive really to go crazy with roads in the previous game but in this game when we set it up we're like oh wow roads are the most incentivized thing on this milestone track that's a thing to keep in mind and in order to get that star, get your token, onto that specific spot. You need to hit this window of achievement, which, again, you get by energizing and doing all these steps. Like, in a lot of ways, putting your little token down onto that milestone track is the end of those, like, six action plans of like, all these turns together specifically to, to nail that one spot. And I, I think that's interesting. It's cool, but it's also very prone to uh, <laughs> fails, as we talked about earlier. But I, I do think that from a positive perspective, it feels to me like it's made the games feel different. I really like the milestones. I like what they do for the setup of the game. I like what they do um, for the, the texture of the game so that there's along this milestone track, which goes from zero to 40, um, there are four different end game rewards, but six different multipliers. And so, you know, the difference between getting, for instance, two achievements versus anywhere between three and six achievements is you get either the times one or the times two multiplier for that bottom condition, whatever it is, be it roads or turbines or mines or whatever dozens of different things they have. What's cool about this is you you see the game is going to reward you for doing these things this game, right? Like you see in that last game, you get six points for every pair of rail links. Mm -hmm. And as long as you can get enough achievements to get to the top of the board, but particularly in that middle area, you might choose to play sort of like shorter or longer, I keep calling them laps, but like between essentially when you start playing after your previous Tribune or Recharge and your next Tribune or Recharge, you know, you might choose to push a little harder or not based on like what kind of end game condition you're building towards. And that is, I think, a big part of the strategy of, of the game versus like the tactics that I think are going to drive up most of your decision making in this game um, throughout the course of that and I, I think it's really neat I, I i like that system i'm a little surprised i haven't seen it in more games because it's just a it's a neat way of doing a variable setup 
but challenging the players to own you know how to how to get that how to make that happen how to like respond to that and you don't do all four things or you're likely not to do all four things um, but you're gonna do most of them yeah nick remind me uh, because you've played barrage more than i this is very much from barrage right this like because in in that game don't you like make energy and then cash out your energy and and, and 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 go to specific goals that are randomized at the start of the game yeah, but in that one, I think it's like based on every round. So at the end of the round, like you know, oh, you cash so in based on like what your energy level time. is right there. And then yeah. I believe it's been a little while since I played, but I believe like if you're the best that round, you get another perk or something like that. Sure. Um, and then like the sort of minimum requirements change over the course of the game. In barrage, that structure feels a lot more like you're playing to catch up. But in this one, because there's no you know, you have to, there's the timing is controlled by you. I think it feels a lot more satisfying in, in Nucleum than it does in Barrage. I really yeah. like how the timing is controlled by you as well. Like last night when I played with Anastasia, I I did a recharge one more than she did in the whole game. I had an extra star. There, I kept doing a recharge after I had like three tiles down in front of me and you kept putting like eight or nine tiles and we just... Yeah, it, it is. It's nice that we weren't like affixed to the game's clock. We had our own clock. I mean, at a certain point, the clock stops, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we kind of do our own our own tempo. For me, what this actually reminded me of uh, was Carnegie, and the way that you have to sort of pick your own scoring goals in Carnegie, and you have to donate to achieve them. And I just it's it, this is definitely a different way of scoring in your games. You, I mean, it's been in other games too, but it is that idea of not only are the goals there, but you have to you have to set them out. You're not just going to score for all of these things at the end of the game. And I do think that makes for a different, very different way of playing in Euro games. Um, when it came out in Carnegie, I actually didn't, I didn't really like it. And I, I, I've gotten used to it because I think I do like a little simpler, like here are your goals, like just do them like, and it's cool. You know, I don't like having to like at some point choose because, you know, like what if my plan doesn't work out and I like end up with a different one, you know? And so in this game, you really do. And this goes back to what Nick was saying, like, you have to find value in your actions early on. You can energize your buildings kind of whenever you want as long as you do it. And so you have to time that mm-hmm. to make sure you're in the right scoring goals when you need to. And again, you don't want to like over energize and be like, oh, I exactly. should have waited for the next cycle to stack all these together. And The way that track works are some benefits to being the first one in an area and all of that. It, it, it creates, I think, just like, to Nick's point, just something really interesting and really dynamic. I'll I'll just add on that like like I said I like the milestones but my complaint about the milestones is that those end game goals are not terribly inspiring in and of themselves like you yeah. for most of them like naturally through the course of playing the game are going to get a certain level there cuz this game really asks you to do more or less a little bit of everything and yeah. that's okay so essentially the edge that you're trying to get is, oh, okay, I'm leaning a little heavier on residential this game because I see at the top of the track they're rewarding residential buildings. But it's unlikely that you're then just going to ignore everything else in the game. Like you still have to do that stuff. And in fact, to me, the most boring goal was the one we played, I think, in our first or second two-player game that was like turbines. And turbines are just I think they're they're like essential in this game. Um, so as you're building them, it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm getting rewarded for them. Great, like that's <laughs> yeah. perfect. Like I'm do already that. getting you're rewarded turbines for every them. single time you play this game. It's like, like, oh, they happen to be worth more in this game. Yeah. Before we go talk about uh, the the end is coming, the end game here, but let's <laughs> let's talk about those turbines for a quick second. Yeah, I was wondering when we were going to get to this. Yeah. So you know, I'm going to let Nick Nick take this one. The short version is that the level three turbine is OP. <laughs> I, I haven't played this game enough to like be here and, you know, rage posting about how like I know better than the game designers who I'm sure have like tested the like crap out of this game. But it it has it feels to me like the turbine that gives you two free energy on every recharge is essential towards playing the game. I'm sure that someone smarter is going to get in the comments and tell me how I'm wrong about that. But every single game we've played, we've done that. And the ones where I haven't done that, I felt like I've been playing catch up all game long. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I don't like, I don't like that because it's not that particular turbine. It's not obvious that 
it it should be that way. Um, but now we've just kind of like slotted into like, oh yeah, you built this every time. It could be our groupthink, but but yeah, it, it could it, be our groupthink. I I do acknowledge be. that. Last night we were playing the two player game, and I was a little like, well, dang it, here I go building the level three turbine first. <laughs> like I almost but wanted like, to not do but, it to like you, try and have a counterpoint, you, but it just was so good in that moment. But it's you felt like so you good. had to, yeah, because the thing is. <laughs> The map kind of makes it that way, right? Like it was like all the mines are in a section that aren't connected to anything else. And so it was going to take a while to get Nucleum online. And so you you don't want to build mines. And the level that turbine gives you two free energy, which is essentially free. Like it lets you build all your low level buildings. It's not two to all six of them, money, most of depending them, on yeah. how much you're spending on coal. You don't even need to be yeah. connected to the coal. Yeah, exactly. I think part of the reason that it actually sticks is is what you said, Anastasia, is that building a mine early functionally doesn't work. You have to do too much work to connect the mine to the rest of your network to make it do a thing, whereas the turbines sit directly on the places where you want to be building, where you can even like put urban buildings pretty much like right on those spaces. So, you know, the game kind of pushes you in that direction. But it feels like you should be able to do something with mines at the beginning, or even it feels like you should be able to run stuff with just coal at the beginning, but you're so choked on cash that it's pretty hard to do that. Like you, you can flip something really paltry, but it's it just it's just it just seems so hard. It's too, it's <laughs> yeah. too shiny. It's too shiny. And since since we're in the um the strategy portion of the podcast, which I apologize if you haven't played Nucleum, you know, this 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 little section you can skip over and come back to when you played <laughs> it five times. But I wanna ask you guys something, which is has to do with this. So the level four turbine, there's there's a basically multiple ways on your board that unlock these technologies. So look, I'm gonna talk about the technology hey. track real quick. So look at this. Okay. Don't (laughs) skip yet. So we each have, there's four different unique factions or people or boards, whatever system, whatever thingies that you play on. And, you know, they each have their own technology track and each of those technologies level one, two, and three. And we could get into those and they all do different things. One of them is your individual end game scoring, which you do need to turn online. That is one of two level threes that you have. And then your other level three is a, is a, just a really cool power that is, again, unique to you. And then the level ones and level twos have, we've kind of gone through them and we, we have opinions on what's strong. It's a bunch and what of bennies, strong and, a lot of things that are yeah. easily forgotten, but are also super important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have lots of benefits and, you know, actually really add into the variability of this game and the way that you play, because that is where you create your, I'm going to call it an engine, Nick, don't roll your eyes. But, um, <laughs> you know, you have elements where like, you know, maybe you have a, things that benefit you when you play rail tiles. So, you know, you get both of those online and then you're getting stars and money for rail tiles. And then this is happening. And like, you've got a turbine that rewards you. And so you're starting, you find ways to get your resource generation to come from your board based on kind of like how you utilize this technology. But the ways in which you activate this technology come from a couple of places, but primarily they come from contracts that you complete and from the milestone track that we were talking about for the level three technology. And then the turbine, you know, the fourth level turbine for the level three technology. And the other way is from uh, the science buildings, which is one of those three building types. So there's a lot of ways, which is good for you to do the same thing. But one of the things that I've run into, and I'm curious what you guys think about this is that I start to feel like as you get to the end game, you start to like, you've already activated maybe all the technology that you want to activate, or you start to get to a point where you're like, okay, I just worked really hard to activate this level three technology, but wait, I've already activated a level three technology from these two other places. Like I don't even need this reward anymore. So you get to the point where like the rewards almost become inconsequential to the cost that it is. And I understand that this is a timing game, but I found myself at multiple points being like, I don't need another level two tech or I don't need another level or I've done them all or I don't care or whatever. And I, I just had to pay a bunch of money or do a bunch of stuff. And it's this, this reward just feels like meh now. And, and I, I don't normally feel that with rewards in games. So I, I thought it was an interesting kind of takeaway. I'm with you. I suspect that this is a reflection of maybe me being bad or like just not, not experienced <laughs> enough. But like, yeah, I agree that the the journey to get to the t- technologies puts you so far into the game. You're like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to unlock this level three one or even just this level two one. And then I'm going to make my game plan off of that. But by the time I've executed that, we're like two thirds of the way into the game. Like I'm getting just a couple benefits from this at this point, but it's not 
it's not shaping my game plan in the way that I've been like trained by many other euros to like be like, ah, I get this technology tile and then I'm going to press that button over and over and over again. That's not really the vibe I've gotten from this game. I am very curious from people who are more experienced or if they just had this with like certain play testers who like jammed them so quickly that it like kind of <laughs> broke the game. So they had to like slow them down a little bit. Uh, Cause yeah, I, I, I definitely feel the same. I see where you're coming from. Uh, I, generally in my very tiny data set have gotten the benefits that i need out of these things um you know last night i completed 11 contracts which is awesome and i uh i hit the you know i finished all my technologies that was one of the end game triggers uh and i, I don't think i wasted any technology gains that i would have had yeah i guess that's true they do drop down so you, and then if you complete them all you get an end game trigger and you get points so yeah. so i guess there is some rollback on that yeah and I think that part of what's digging into the game, like I've very quickly realized as like we've played that I'm like, oh, these star ones are like super powerful because I don't ha- I basically just make free stars. And like, how convenient is that? Like if I can just get that going. And so like some of them are deceptively good. We used to say that there was one that, you know, just kind of gives you an extra turbine. And last night I sure needed that turbine and I really wish that I had activated that tech. And so, mm. you know, there, there are these elements and I really don't want to disparage the techs because I think they're one of the things that make the game, you know, they're, they're my second favorite thing after the actual like domino tiles, the actual, you know, kind of action selection of the game. And I do think they create for interesting ways to play based on like what you bring online and what you don't. But um, I guess this kind of brings us to the one thing that we all kind of felt in our last two games is this is that the the end of the game comes speeding in here, which is this idea of like, you're, you're playing a two hour game or a three hour game and you're doing all of these things. You're getting your technology online, you're building your buildings, you're doing all this stuff. And then the end game shows up and you feel like suddenly it's like, Oh, I have two more turns. Yeah. It's over. (laughs) And you're just like, what? And that's not been the case in every play. Um, some plays I felt like I got to accomplish everything I wanted to do, but it has been an interesting dynamic in our last two games that we all felt like, Hey, I, I didn't even feel like I kind of got myself online, even though we've been playing for two hours or three hours. Um, uh, you know, and now the game is basically over and I'm going to spend, we're going to spend the last 30 minutes of the game basically panicking that someone is going to end it and and it's going to be over and, you know, getting your guys' hot takes on that. Yeah, it does come at you. So first of all, this game can't be longer. So the fact that it comes no. at you fast is essential. Yeah, I think I, I've thought about this because it's like, how can a game take three and a half hours to play and then have me be like, oh my God, the end of the game is coming. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the reason that it has that feeling to it is because the game asks you to do so much to accomplish the things that you accomplish. You have to A to B to C. Like you have to like, set up the urban things, put the links, have the mines, that's gotta be connected. You need to make sure you have the resources. I think there is so much asked of you to accomplish the thing, which is, I think, part of the puzzle, part of the satisfaction, part of the fun. But because there is so much there, you only get to do that loop a couple of times before the game is over, because the game yeah. could not be longer. It does It does really feel like you just, you kind of get there and it, this game is very much like, the journey is more the point than the actual like system as it were. I think that in general, that's a pretty good from a game design perspective. You don't want a game to overstay its welcome, but it, this game does distinctly have a, hi, I'm here. We're done (laughs) Um, at the end. So while it is a noticeable feeling, I wouldn't want the game to be more. That makes sense. I think part of the reason it's, it's uh, surprising at least, the first couple times you play is because the game end is triggered once two of the triggers there's like five triggers to go with um have happened in a three in a two-player game it's actually three out of the five and you're like that's a lot of triggers like a lot of end game uh, euro games are like this one thing will cause the end of the game and you're like no no it's two or three but the game i think has been balanced pretty well to smash all these at the same exact time time. it seems like generally they're all approaching at about the same time i mean last night Anastasia triggered the end of the game, I think technically on accident. Like you didn't know you I were didn't doing want it. to. Yeah. No, I, like, yeah, I was like, can I do anything to not trigger that? I'm gonna go out of my way to try and not yeah, trigger that. I had hit one of the three triggers and I was gonna yeah. hit the second trigger on my next turn, but we still needed the third trigger, and it looked like we were gonna be a few rounds away. But Anastasia had more points than me. 
In fact, technically, yeah. to get to Minutia, she had 67 points. And exactly. she hit the other trigger, which gives three points every time you hit a trigger. And one of the triggers is getting 70 points. 70 so points. Yep. if she had one <laughs> less point, the game would have actually probably gone on like maybe even two more rounds because I wasn't exactly. actually like necessarily ready. But it was just like she did this and I'm like, oh, wait, that gets you three points. Oh, wait, that that ends it. <laughs> like, like oh my god with, like, i know and i needed the, the contract so yeah. i had to do it yeah and you yep. ended up deciding to go with it um and um yep. and we tied so i mean who knows if that was a good decision yeah. or not i'm not actually sure i don't know but uh, either way it, I, I think it just rushes up to you because they do coalesce like that and things do get kind of more explosive and whatnot so i really like this game <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, like I, we, we've talked a lot. I, I don't know if we've been overly negative. Um, like we all have kind of different vibes on this game. I mean, I made this my my game of the month uh, a month ago on John Gets Games. Like I, and that was after one play, and now I played it uh, two and a half more times. I I really enjoy the experience of it. I really I loved our two player game last night. The three player game was a lot of fun as well. Although I'll admit I liked the two hours more than the three hours uh, from a, a general length perspective, and I. Like that it eschews a lot of the modern Euro comboiness, um, or at least I like how it spreads it out, even though that can lend the game towards some errors and whatnot like we've belabored. I do think I, I kind of prefer like the little turns kind of stacking things up and occasionally having something explosive as opposed to explosions happening all the time. Uh, I do think that I wish the networking had been figured out better. I think I joked at one point that like the network rules are the the paragraph that launched a thousand board game geek posts. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like every day it feels like there's a new BGG post Legit. about how networking works. And I think that's uh, you know, kind of a emblematic of, of a lot of the game. Like it, there's a lot of really cool ideas. I really enjoy a lot of this. In fact I enjoy the game in general a lot, but there's just a lot of sharp edges that you can get caught up on from a rules understanding perspective, from just a remembering perspective and i don't know i think i'm not sure where i land like this is not a 10 on the 10 game for me it's probably an eight or a nine it's probably an eight it might shift up to a nine i don't know i kind of got to play it a little bit more but i do personally want to play this one more specifically at two players um because i think that did seem like kind of the shining spot for me and i'm really glad i got to introduce it to you too because i was talking about it for like a week as i was building the video and stuff i was like you guys this is a pretty cool game that I'm working on. You guys, we should play this. So I, I, I'm, I'm happy that I kind of invested all that time to teach it to you and to actually get all these plays in. Yeah, I mean, Anastasia, I think straight up said it was one of her favorite games of the year, if not her favorite new game of the year. Yeah. For me, I'm I'm probably the lowest on the three of us about it. Like, I, I really liked pulling it apart, but I'm not chomping at the bit. What I liked was learning it. What I liked mm -hmm. was figuring out, like, how these things interact with each other. I think that the game system is very satisfying. Like I said earlier in this podcast, like the domino tile action thing, the uh, milestone achievements are designs that I really like. I think they're super elegant, super clever. All of it together is, has just like enough, enough like whiffs for me that, uh, that make it so that I'm not going to be playing this game a whole ton, but I have loved playing it. I'm not sure that I'd want to teach it to someone else, but I would happily play with the two of you. Again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, well, while we're here, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that because you don't actually want to teach it or because you don't want to go through the experience of someone new, like learning it and having to kind of like, make the mistakes that are going to be inherent with those first few plays it's more the it's more the latter it's the fact that like when i i feel like if i'm going to sit down and play this with someone i feel like in order for them to have a good time i i would have to like hold their hand like when yeah. i think back to that first three-player game that we played i like wish that that john had held my hand more you know like <laughs> and so that, that's it it just makes so that it's like okay well so not only is it the teach but really the whole first game essentially is is kind of this like experience so I, that's why i'm not i'm not a lot of my friends are like not at the the like level of heavy gamers that the three of us are so i don't it's it's like unlikely that they would be willing to like be like go through that whole process and then be like cool let's play it a second time so that we can play it for our first time for real yeah 
Yeah, I think, you know, I echo a lot of what you both said. Probably more, John. Uh, you know, I did say, like, this, this, I, I've been kind of waiting this year for a game to come out and, and, and excite me in the way that this game did. You know, it's like, I always forget, you know, that, that in the fall, uh, new games come out and, and, and take me over. You know, I'll kind of go and be like, oh, you know, I haven't played anything like really fun and new in a while. And then, like, here we go. Right. And like, it was an M, like, still was very excited to play this. I was like chomping on the bit all week. I was like, can we, can we find a time? Can we do this? Can we play it some more? Like, I just want to explore it. Just want to go through it. And I think that, like, I am, like, so glad that I did, like, because it it has just been such a joy and has been so fun. I think that this game, though, is going to, you know, if you listen to our Carnegie podcast, I think I feel very similarly about it. And that's probably the last time that I played a game as much. I played that game more because it was on BGA. But, yeah, you know, that I kind of did that similarly, which is kind of, like, addicted um, to kind of exploring the game. And I think it falls in a similar place for me, which is, like, if you've got a game group and you all get this game and you learn it together and you play it together and you play it a bunch together, you're going to have a great time. You're going to have a great time going through it. You're going to have a great time learning it. But if one of you knows it really well, it is going to create sort of a different vibe because you're not going to want to take away that exploration from, you know, the new players because part of it is figuring out the game. But then it's also hard to be the player that knows it because, like not dissimilar to Carnegie, you know, it, it, it kind of creates like a different vibe when you know the game really well, you're going to play it differently, you know, and um, that's a different situation because of the way that game is played, but it's still a similar element here at play, just in terms of mostly that retconning we we're talking about, the mistakes that are going to get made, the little places that are going to happen and how difficult it will be if you're in a situation, you don't have the right resources and you don't have the right things and like, how is that all going to work out? But I, I just want to say that if you're going to take a game, like I think anything this complex that takes this big of a swing. And I like, I really want to compliment the designers for how big of a swing I feel like they took here. They've created what I know is like rated like a 3.86 or something on BGG right now. But like, it doesn't actually feel that heavy to me. This game reminds me so much of how I felt about Ark Nova the first time, which is like, once you learn it, it just makes a lot of sense. Like it just kind of like gels. This is a similar game. There's a lot of elements that are both familiar, but are not common to the way we normally play Euro games. Like you know, here are your goals and here it's like, it's not like that. It's like, here are goal options that you can choose that have multipliers and this happens and here are your tiles. It's just, it's a lot to think about, but it has a lot of, I'm going to go back to that word, innovative, interesting, innovative elements. And I think anytime someone does that and puts a bold game out like this, it's going to have certain elements that you're going to like and you're not going to like and you're going to, you know, are going to be this and they're going to be that. And I think that, you know, it's been a while since a game generated this much discussion in our Discord and like all kinds of stuff like that. And it doesn't matter if there's like little negative points or little that, like this is a game you should explore. If, if it sounds like your kind of game, like play it, love it, hate it, whatever. I think it's fun and interesting and you're going to have a great time with it. Even if it, you know, only lasts five games for you, like it did for Nick and you're like, cool, like that's great. That's got, that can be plenty of life for a game. Really well said. <laughs> Yeah, I think that the exploration has been fun, right? Even though I'm the lowest on it, I don't play a game five times that takes two to four hours to play. Yeah. <laughs> a lot, right? Like it's yeah, been, you could it's have been decided very you were done several games prior. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I do want to just, as a last point, just mention that, like, I do think the brass and barrage element is a little bit, a little bit of a marketing grab there. I haven't played barrage. It's really not like brass. It's just not. And in fact... For me, it's better than Brass. I'm not going to play Brass at two players. I don't like Brass at two players. Like, mm -hmm. I'd rather play this. So, you know, if that's an element for you, like, this is a much better two-player game than Brass. I don't like the people take my stuff in Brass. Nobody <laughs> takes my stuff in this game. So, <laughs> you know, those are elements. Brass is a great game, but it's a different game. This game feels more like Concordia to me, and it's not like that at all. It's just, it feels new and different and fresh. It has lots of little elements. And so I just kind of wanted to add that in as a as a, as a a bit, but, you know, it's a great game, so check it out. Well, I think that's going to wrap up everything we have to say today about Nucleum. It'll be curious to see, you know, where this one lives uh, for us in a couple of months and if it comes back or, you know, if we, if we have to do a revision podcast <laughs> in a year because <laughs> we played it so much. We'll see. But it has been very fun to explore it with you guys. And if you guys check it out, we would really love to hear 
any comments, feedback? Are you excited about it? Have you played it? What do you think? You know, tell us that because we've really enjoyed discussing this one amongst us and we would be happy and love to discuss it more with you guys. So please uh, go to the YouTube version of this podcast on the John Gitz Games YouTube channel. There will be a link in the description. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Or just tell us you love us. I like reading those too. <laughs> um, and uh, we'll be back. I don't know when, but there's lots of games coming from Essen. John is going to Essen. Yep. So he's going to bring back lots of games. Hopefully we'll get some of those played and uh, you'll hear from us a bit more before the end of the year. Yep. Exciting stuff. Bye, Thanks, everyone. guys. Bye. Bye.